welcome to the Howardsville Gospel Chapel podcast. Be sure to check us out on the web at howardsvillegospelchapel.com. Thanks for visiting and enjoy the message. At the same time that we focus on missions at that, that, that particular month, we also realize that we have missions going on in various ways. Actually, many of you are aware that uh, Tim Rausch is not with us today because he's over in the Philippines working uh, with the Gideons, handing out Bibles, and they're trying to get rid of, get rid of, that sounds terrible. They're, they're handing out uh, 1.3 million Bibles is their goal as they hand them out in the Philippines. And so Tim is over there doing that. In just a couple weeks, we'll have some of our own students sharing about the missions trip that they're going to be going on towards uh, Mexico for their spring break. And so we do a lot and we hear a lot about missions. And we might ask, well, what is, what's the big deal? What's it all about? Why do we focus so much on that? Uh, if we were to take time to look at the budget that we as a church have, we give a significant portion of our budget away towards missions, both local and abroad. Why do we do that? What is the point? Well, to think about that, I want you to, to first of all, think in your mind, if I was to give you a piece of paper to write down all the list of projects that you have still open or yet to be completed, how long would that list be? Or maybe husbands, imagine how long your wife's list is for you of things she'd like you to get accomplished at the house. Okay? I'm a list person. I only get things done if it's on my list. Used to be my list was on a yellow piece of paper, and that got lost, and so a lot of things didn't get done. I'm trying to remedy that. But lists are things we, we see, okay, I've got... I've got to do this. I've got to get this accomplished. I've got this task to finish. I've got this task to finish. And we think about how we're going to attack and accomplish what's required for us. This year, the missions committee decided that our theme for the missions conference is going to be the unfinished task. The unfinished task. And so to hear that as being our theme this year, we wonder... Okay, what kind of a task are we talking about, and who's responsible to accomplish this task? Now, most of the tasks that I mentioned before that you might have written down, those are personal tasks. We can come up with a long list of personal tasks that we need to accomplish. Those tasks as well are probably things that will last for a time. If I'm going to change the light bulb, which I know I need to do in the bathroom, honey, don't, I haven't forgotten. But if I change that light bulb out, I can guarantee you that sometime I'm going to have to do that again. When we think about missions and the task of missions, though, we think a little bit bigger and we think a little bit broader. What do we know of God's plan? of God's intent and His working in this world. Does God have a goal? Does God have a purpose? We know He does, and I don't know how you would explain it, God's purpose and plan and goal for this world, but if you were to, to tell the story of God's working in this earth and this world, 
you would probably start somewhere along the lines with creation. That God created the world. He set things in motion. We talk about the fall and how mankind broke God's laws. How there was a separation between men and God because of sin and brokenness. We talk about promise, how God has promised to redeem mankind and to save his people. We talk, we'd get to Jesus being the son of God and the fulfillment of God's plan, how would he, he would bring redemption and salvation to mankind. We talk about the cross on which he paid the penalty of sin. We talk about the resurrection in which he conquered death and offered salvation to mankind. We talk about his promise to return. And that one day he's coming back for his people and to set things right. We talk about judgment and the reason for his return and his fixing and taking care of sin and evil. And we talk about a kingdom that he has promised. A place where God's children will live with him in eternity where there will be no more sin, no more sickness, no more brokenness. We realize God's plan, we could describe it in different ways, we could break it down maybe in a little bit different, but we know overall His picture, His plan for us as individuals and for this world. We also know where we are, and we know that we're still waiting. There's still a promise that we're waiting for. We're still waiting for Christ to return. And we're still waiting for sin and wickedness to be judged. And we'll, we're still waiting for God to bring in his kingdom. And while we await that, then it's good for us to look at what Jesus said about, to his disciples about what they should look forward to until his return. In Matthew chapter 24, the disciples are asking Jesus as he's given some information about things to come they ask him what they should be looking for and how will it, it will all come about and when it will come about. And as he describes it to them, he tells them, you'll see many things happen before I return. And he gives them an idea. He'll see false teachers come. There'll be wars and rumors of wars in verse 6. There'll be nations rising against nations. There'll be tribulation, and there will be suffering for the saints. And he continues on into verse 14 and says, but this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations, and then the end will come. One of the key things to look forward to in this time period before Christ is to return, one is Suffering and sin and evil will grow and increase. And the other is that the good news of Jesus Christ will spread. And that's part of God's plan. We could look at history and say, it's not hard to see how trouble has increased. That seems to just happen naturally. We are the cause of trouble ourselves. And so it is in the world. But the good news of Christ being taken throughout the world does not happen by accident. 
That's something that happens intentionally. That's a task that must be taken up. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus says, verses that the Schaefer's referred to in Sunday school, Matthew chapter 9, Jesus was looking around the cities. He was preaching, verse 35. He was healing the sick. And in verse 36, it says, He saw the people and He felt compassion for the people because He saw them distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And so He said to His disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. God's plan is that the gospel would reach every corner of this world. That every individual would have an opportunity to hear the name of Christ and salvation. It's a mission and it's a task of compassion. One that Jesus looked across the people and realized they need salvation. They need hope. And so he told his disciples to pray that there would be those that would go out and accomplish that task. So who is responsible then? Turn to Matthew chapter 28 and we'll see some of those responsible. In Matthew chapter 28, after Christ was risen and met again with his disciples, Jesus came to them and gathered them together. In verse 18, we have the words that are famous and known well. Jesus comes and speaks to his disciples and says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Well, there's the workers. Jesus gave the workers, didn't he? He'd already brought these 12 disciples around them. He'd groomed them. He'd trained them. He'd even given them an opportunity to go out and practice what it was to preach the kingdom. And then he leaves them the task. Soon these disciples will get the name apostles as well, meaning the ones that are sent out, and we'll see in the book of Acts how they were sent out and how churches were planted. And so whose task is it now then? Well, it's obviously the missionaries' task now, right? Because they're the sent ones. They fulfilled that role just kind of like Paul and Barnabas did and the other disciples. They're the sent ones. The churches gather around them, decide to support them, and send them on their way to do the work that Jesus had for them. Is that how it goes? Not if we listen to Jeff and Rose this morning. The Lord needs everyone involved. Everyone has skills and abilities and talents that he's gifted. There's mission fields in Zambia, but there's also mission fields in Marcellus and Three Rivers and Kalamazoo. No, Paul never just gave the responsibility to share the gospel to just the disciples or to himself. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
in verses 18 through 20. And here Paul speaks both of himself, but also to the believers there in Corinth and to the believers in general that this letter would be distributed to. And he said, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. All those who have been reconciled to Christ, as Paul puts it in this verse, who've been redeemed, who've been saved, who've had their sins forgiven and their relationship with God restored, have received the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he's committed to us the word of reconciliation. You don't find a cure for a disease and keep it for yourself. You share that. And so he does give that responsibility. Those who've been reconciled to Christ, those who've experienced salvation and know what there is for hope and future and how to have steadfastness in suffering and hardship in this life, they are the ones who are to be sharing that same message with others. And so verse 20 says, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. And Paul is saying, Himself, we, and those who were co-laborers with him. But he's also saying all those who've experienced reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making the appeal through us. And we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Their task, Paul's task, was somewhat different when it talked about location. Somewhat different in method and activity. We don't have any evidence in the New Testament that Paul set up uh, hospitals or that he set up youth centers. But those are just the ways, those are just the mediums, the, the avenues to fulfill exactly what this passage describes, the reconciliation, to share the gospel, to share the message of Christ with others. And whether it's in Asia, or whether it's in Africa, or whether it's in South America, or whether it's in the United States, the ministry of reconciliation must continue. And those who have the call to share the ministry of reconciliation are those who've experienced it themselves. And so if we were to write down on our list of tasks things to be accomplished. As believers, we should write down at one unfinished task yet to be accomplished, share the message of Christ, because that's the goal, that's God's plan, is that the message of Christ would be shared until He returns. And so, as soon as we write down, share the message of Jesus Christ, share the hope and share the love of Jesus, then we get to start thinking about how that actually works out for us. Does it mean going to Zambia and sharing and ministering in an opportunity there? Does it mean being a light in the workplace? Does it mean opening your home? Does it mean, what does it mean? How that takes place is probably not as significant as having each of us realize our task and an unfinished task at that is to share the message of Jesus and the hope of Christ to others. So this is a great opportunity both to be reminded of what 
is the goal, as we get to experience and hear a little bit more of what the Schaefers are doing, also to help us begin to prepare for missions conference, help us to begin to be praying for Tim more in this next couple weeks, or to be ready to support and help our students heading to Mexico in a few weeks. What does it mean for us then as well that we have a part in an unfinished task and that it is our responsibility to be doing that part?